0: So Jesse set the stage for us.
1: Well, Stephen, first of all, I'm very honored to be co-hosting today with Kermit the Frog. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I'm very touched that you took the time out of your very busy schedule. Well, you know, the Um, autographs
0: are horrible. Yeah.
1: No, apologize for Stephen's voice. He's not feeling great. So he's soldiering on and we're going to do this great podcast together. So um, it'll be fine. It'll be great. It will be great. So diving in designer MacDougal's enthusiasm for women's couture fashion was owned at an early age when he began to merge the rich royal history and opulent traditions of his native home of India with a sophisticated and contemporary design aesthetic and arriving in the United States at the early age of 23 Mac continued his success by expanding his collection to 12 distinct lines and today the MacDougal brand has transformed into a highly affluent label that is sought after by a-list celebrities, TV personalities, athletes, and influencers.
0: For pageant contestants and title holders around the world, the name Mac Dougal conjures up images of breathtaking evening gowns that create interest-making drama from his signature cocktail dresses and gowns to couture one-of-a-kind styles created for red carpet or on-stage performances. Every single creation is made to commemorate special occasions in a woman's life.
1: The single thought that empowers MacDougall and motivates his creative passion is that women the world over make the choice to wear his garments when they are living out their milestone moments. And that's so true when you're picking out an evening gown that it's not just like, this is the gown for me. It's this is the gown for this moment. So he gets it.
0: Mm. And this is what Mac makes MacDougall such a special designer. And it's the reason why so many women choose his brand again and again when they are selecting memory making dresses.
1: Since so many of our listeners here are huge MacDougal fans, we decided to dedicate a podcast to him and share the fascinating journey from his childhood in India to the United States where he became a fashion icon. And I think there's, um, I, I don't know if this is like an official tagline, but people are Mac loyal. Like Once they experience working with MacDougall, they, I find that they just love it. And I heard a tagline once. It was, if it ain't
0: Mac, it's whack. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> yeah, I have. And it's so fitting. And just meeting him and like <laughs> knowing him. My wife and I are huge fans. Um, just being able to hang with him and, and chat with him a little bit. He is just so sweet and so humble. And he, gosh, and obviously just very talented too. Mm-hmm. So before he became known as Mac Dougal, one of the most successful and well-known fashion designers in the world, he was called... Um, Manmohan Singh Dougal
1: and he was born in New Delhi India in 1960 to a very spiritual family where his grandfather father and brother were all the heads of an international spiritual organization that teaches the form of meditation and ethical living to millions of people all around the world and the basic principles of their teachings are meditation truthfulness and vegetarianism
0: MacDougall said that three of the men were significant mentors in his life, and he believes that each one played a significant role in the person he is today. He practices a religion called Sikhism, and Sikhism believes in one higher power and one higher conscience, and that everyone is equal. He says that these concepts were essentially the same as American values he saw when he moved to the United States, and it was one of the reasons why he was so attracted to the U.S.,
1: And in Sikhism, all men wear a turban and the women keep their hair long and don't ever cut it. Um, For the Sikhs, the turban means responsibility and promotes equality. And it also preserves their Sikh identity. For example, when a boy becomes an adult, somebody respectable from the community ties the turban on their head for the first time. And MacDougall said it was really lucky um, and he was honored because his own father tied the turban on him for the first time.
0: Um, Jesse, you know this, but our listeners probably don't. But our business analyst and our tech team is in India Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: he practices the religion of Sikh. And I was asking him about this and he said that originally when the religion was formed, um, they started wearing the turbans and they never cut their beards. And the reason for this was so that if someone needed help, They could always easily spot them out and they know that they could go to these people to get the Mm. help that they needed. And that is like the essence of this religion. It's very servant oriented where you're here for your fellow man. And they actually started off as warriors too, but they were only allowed to engage in battle if it was for the betterment and the protection of someone else and not Mm. for an actual like, you know, selfish gain. So it was very, it was very sweet and like, I'm like very enlightening. So, Mm -hmm. um, so back to Mac, but the education, music, and spirituality were constant values in this family's home and seemed to permeate everyday life. But Mac says that even more important to him was the love that came so effortlessly from his parents. Not only towards his family members, but also to all the diverse people who came seeking sp- spiritual guidance from all over the world.
1: And all throughout his childhood, MacDougall was introduced to incredible people from all cultures, and his horizons expanded greatly as a result. And this openness to others and their differences created the foundations of his belief system and molded his orientation towards the world and life in general.
0: MacDougall's mother was an accomplished singer in the classic Indian tradition and she spoke nine languages and sang in seven. She says that his mother was a magical lady and that everywhere she went, she would spread warmth and love. And he certainly got that characteristic from his mom. Mm
1: -hmm. And he remembers very vividly that whenever his mom would go to school to pick him up, she would be dressed in a colorful sari. And um, saris are Stunning for anyone that's never seen one. They're usually two-piece garments with the colorful draping um, And adornment and he said that she always looked very majestic and beautiful and he recalls that people would just stop and stare at her because she was so striking
0: Mm. He was incredibly close to his father and his relationship became a huge source of strength and safety in his life The bond that they shared really gave MacDougall a sense of personal confidence and strength that allowed him to explore all things that interested him. But as much as his father encouraged him to explore his talents and gifts, education was his father's first priority.
1: MacDougall tells a story that sums up his father's expectations and priorities in a very dramatic way. He remembers that one day when his father received a recent report card from school and discovered that his son had not been getting the grades that he expected to see his dad asked him what he had been spending all of his time doing and mac said well i've been listening to music on the radio a lot
0: (laughs) that's an honest answer honest the next day when mac came home from school he was shocked to see the radio sitting outside the house with a sign on it and it was clear that his dad intended to give it away When he asked his mother why his dad had done that, she said, well, in spite of the fact that your father loves to listen to news and sports on the radio, he believes it's more important for you to concentrate on your studies. So we as a family will all give it up. That is, and I feel like this is a coaching moment here sure, uh, of just removing distractions. One, like it's amazing that his family all pitched in to help to his success. Like that's a a massive attribute to his family. But for you as individuals listening and for you and I, you know, by removing certain things that are a distraction to us or that are keeping us from our goal, just eliminating them out of our lives with a decision, you have no more excuses. So for example, for, for me, Um, I love chips (laughs) and it's like the salty and the crunchiness of it. I just love it. And I'll sit down with chips and I'll eat and eat chips and then I feel horrible. So yes, I do still eat chips. However, when I go to the grocery store, it stops there. I don't buy chips unless it's for like a, a get-together or a party or something like that. Like we don't keep them in the house. Because if we kept them in the house, I eat a whole bag. So I have to protect myself from myself. So if, you're, okay, like if your distraction is something food-related, don't buy it. Like remove the distraction from your home. Or like if it's a phone, one of the things I did with my phone was I eliminated notifications on Instagram and on Facebook because there were so many personal things and people were tagging to me. And all I would do, I would get distracted. I would get sucked in. So therefore, I don't have notifications. If Jesse texts me or tags me on something on Instagram or sends me a message, she'll follow up with a text like, hey, check your DM. He's
1: be- <laughs> the worst at Instagram DMing. Yes. The worst.
0: And I used to not be, but because pageant planet has grown and now it requires so much more time and focus and energy um i had to give something up and i realized that this was not pushing the business forward in serving like what my ultimate goal was so i'm like okay people will learn to email me or text me um instead of tagging me on facebook and instagram the ones that really need to get a hold of me and they have Um, and Also, please don't stop sending me the funny memes and all the stuff that you find on Instagram because it really does bring joy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you always say too, Steven, like there's no such thing as successful multitasking. Mm -hmm. Like that is a myth. So for me, I mean, you know this well, but I will, I will like have my iPad mini and I will walk with it all over the place in my house while I'm folding the laundry or doing things or like if I'm doing like wedding planning and sure enough, I'll be like emailing somebody and Kevin will call me and I won't stop emailing and I'll call him by the name I'm emailing. So it's one of those <laughs> things where like you might think it's like a harmless like background noise, um, but you'd be surprised at how much it interferes with your thought process. Like just like the listening to music or the watching TV while you do something that really needs all your focus. So totally agree. Great coaching moment. Thanks. So the lesson about sacrifice and the importance of education obviously made a major impact on the young boy, Mac Dougal, and it was his father's belief in education that would ultimately change Mac's life forever and put him on a path to his destiny.
0: Yeah, education and self-actualization were major values in the MacDougall upbringing. But even though both his father and his mother had careers in the arts, his father being a poet and his mother being a musician, Mac himself had never once considered being a fashion designer.
1: Yeah, he actually went to college for engineering.
0: <laughs> Complete left field, right? Mm-hmm. Um At the age of 23, he had finished his initial engineering training and wanted to stay in India to start his own business. However, his father thought that it would be a good idea to continue his education in America as his older brother had gotten married, moved to the United States, and found great success there. And I don't know if this is going to be a popular coaching moment or not, but I would like to interject it. And it's just like, listen to your parents. And I know that not everyone has been maybe as blessed to have parents like MacDougall or mine. However, I will say that obviously our parents are not without their faults, right? They're human. However, I feel like parents have this God given ability to see into your life and guide you in the best way humanly possible. And what's interesting, for those of you that's been listening for a while, you know that I come from um, a biblical background. That's what my studies were. Like, I'm an ordained minister. I can marry and bury. Um, But one of the things that in the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments that you followed, um, one of the ten was, like, honor thy mother and the father. But that was the only commandment that actually came with a promise, too. So it was like, and mm. like things will go well with you. You'll have a long life, and that was the promise. Like if you follow you, the guidance of your mom, of your parents. And so I think that there's something very spiritual about that, and a really good success principle too. So from I've had friends that are not um, really religious at all, who did not, um, and their parents weren't either, but they didn't listen to um, who they should marry. You know, even like that, and then it did not go well with them and I'm sure there's like you know you can't be dogmatic about any one thing but I'm just saying like by listening to your parents and being open to their guidance like it goes better with you and I can say that in my personal life too amen cool all right
1: So Mac picked up his belongings, moved in with his brother and sister-in-law and began his studies at North Central College. And he recalls that coming to America was a huge culture shock for him. And the first thing that hit him was how clean and organized America was. And he says that it was such a shock that even traffic laws were followed, which (laughs) to me, it sounds totally off base. But I would imagine from. They're from India, I, is India the most populous country in the world? I don't remember.
0: I, they got a billion people, but I think China is right up there with them. I think China okay, and so, India but I
1: think they're top three, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's definitely top three. Yeah.
1: And you're right. When you do see, whether it's films or movies about Indian culture, like traffic is wild.
0: Yeah. I don't know how it is in India, but in China, it's like there's no rules. It's like if you just want to park your car on the side of the road, you just park your car on the side of the road. <laughs> get out you know this is like oh okay i'm gonna leave it here for a minute you know and that's that's kind of the rule so i don't know if uh i don't know if india's like that or not but um yeah there you go so after after finishing his education he longed to go back to his home country but he began to see a lot of business opportunities around him mac had always wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for himself so he began to come up with a business that he could do here in the united states
1: And at the time, beaded gowns made in India were all the rage in America. And Mac and his brother saw a ready-made opportunity to make a business out of importing women's evening wear from India. But they had no investors or startup capital. All they had was his brother's garage. So being the resourceful young men they were, they cleaned it up and set up a shop.
0: Gosh, so many good businesses start in the garage, you know. Mm -hmm. Or the basement. Yeah, garage or basement. Yep. After a while, MacDougall began to get requests from women for specific garments and dresses that he could not find already made. So he decided to try his hand at making what they wanted by himself. His custom creations were so successful that word got around and soon he began to get more and more requests for custom work.
1: And he hadn't been trained to sew or design fashion prior to this point at all. But surprisingly, his engineering background actually helped him with the design process. So the biggest problem was not making the clothes. The biggest challenge became the actual business side of things.
0: And there was no YouTube there to teach him how to (laughs) sew a dress.
1: I mean, can I just say, I tried to sew my own Christmas stockings a few years ago. I have a sewing machine i couldn't even do that so the fact (laughs) that he just like picked up the needle and thread and just did it i'm so envious
0: oh my gosh that's that is amazing so he not only had to do his own designing but he did the manufacturing the selling the packing and the shipping he would literally travel to boutiques department stores and fashion shows with heavy bags of samples and he sold the designs himself virtually door to door (laughs) but max said that he really enjoyed it because he had this internal drive and it felt like he was going to try his hand at having his own design company that he was going to give it his all And as a side note, I do have some good news. If you are looking to offload some of your dresses, you don't have to go door to door like MacDougall did. You can sell them through Pageant Planet. And as of October the 31st, retailers, designers and contestant profiles can buy and sell dresses, interview outfits, talent and costume wardrobes and more.
1: And we also guarantee that every item purchased will show up as described or you will get your money back, so risk-free. And if you're selling, there is no limit on the amount of items you can list, no fee to list it. Pageant Planet only receives a small admin fee if we help you sell it. And, um, oh, and we even spend advertising dollars on Facebook, Instagram, Google to help you sell it. And I'm going to list right after I record this podcast with Steven, so be sure to log on and check my stuff. And now back to the story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little plug there,
0: not, no <laughs> deal. So, Shop Jesse's Closet. It's going to be a massive hit. It's going to be a mass- <laughs> And you can go there by going pageantplanet.com slash dresses or yes. click dresses on the menu.
1: So um, MacDougall's first collection that you might see on our site, who knows, but that was probably a while ago, was called Creative Collections, which was a line of dazzling gowns blending Indian beauty and elegance with Western styling. And because he was so proud of his heritage, he wanted to design using glorious fabrics and colors that are as hot and spicy, like the fashion and cuisine of his homeland. And a gauzy A-line gown with hand-painted tulle named the Wish Upon a Star dress was the focal point of that first line and remains one of his all-time favorite pieces.
0: Uh, gosh, it has to be so just emotional to create that, see it come to life. And uh, yeah, I could, and the whole Wish Upon a Star too, I can see a lot of symbolism there that he's mm-hmm. like hoping to make it and like, Oh, it's so good. So after creating custom clothing for his friends and local clients, Mac, he finally got a big break and got the opportunity to do a special showing. This one showing would seal his destiny.
1: And this showing was in New York. And by chance, one of his former classmates recognized him there. And it turned out that she was a buyer for the Home Shopping Network. She loved... Yes, exactly. She loved the garments so much that she pitched his clothes to her bosses. And the next thing he knew, Mac was selling his custom designs on... HSN.
0: Oh my gosh. But it wasn't just Max's business that was growing at that time. His family was also growing as well.
1: And when he was growing up, arranged marriages were still very common. So Mac's wife-to-be, who they lovingly called Bubbly, and I love that nickname, I think <laughs> it's so cute, was chosen by his parents and his brother and sister-in-law.
0: Yeah, he tells the story of how one day his parents called him from India, no big deal, and told him that they had chosen his wife. You know, the next day he told his American friends that he had become engaged the night before and no one could believe it. They said, like, we didn't even know that you were dating anyone. And he told them, of course, like he wasn't dating anyone. That his (laughs) parents chose his wife to be and no big deal.
1: And he said their response was hilarious. Some of them actually... Literally fell out of their chairs because they were laughing so hard because they just couldn't believe that he got engaged over the phone to someone he had hardly met. I mean, literally hardly met, like just over the phone. But this didn't faze him one bit. Max says that in his culture, children are taught to get married first and then fall in love. And what was a Norman, India was completely unheard of in the U S. So the fact that his friends were shocked did not surprise him at all.
0: Yeah. Mac is pleased to say that he has been happily married to his lovely wife, bubbly for 30 years. They Can I ha- be my new nickname? I, I mean, that
1: nickname is so cute. I,
0: I like it for you. Okay. I, I'll start. calling. We're going to
1: make, you. We're gonna make it work.
0: Make Kevin start calling you around the house. Like you shall yeah, hear he, through. He that, <laughs> you shall hear to call me bubbly. Um, <laughs> So they had two children, Aina, who is now like working as a designer and has a very successful line of her own um, under Mac. And she's amazing, just recently married. And Yuva Ra, and he could not be more blessed by his parents' choice for him.
1: And in spite of all the happiness and success that MacDougall has had in his life, there is one thing that he regrets, and sadly, his dear father passed away in 1989, so he never got to see what a monumentally successful designer his son would eventually become.
0: And in addition to the personal loss of his father, traditionally in Mac's religion, when the head of the household dies, the oldest brother then takes over the role of spiritual leader. This meant that the responsibility of supporting both families financially fell to Mac, and that was an added pressure for him on his growing business
1: wow yeah talk about added pressure Mm oh my gosh well when max started in the mid 80s his business took off almost immediately and he felt like everything that he touched turned to gold and after about a decade of success suddenly the look of formal wear changed and the beating that he was known for was no longer in style
0: Talking um, about that time, he says, "When we started business, I was known for my embellishments and flamboyant styles. People were intrigued by the Indian mystique that I had brought like with me." Fashion is really changing; it's really a fast-changing industry. It changes before you blink, and it keeps you on your toes. I needed to work with integrity and a clear vision.
1: And for the next five years, he had to struggle to keep the business afloat, but he never gave up. He was able to regroup and had to practically start all over again with new design concepts, new business, new marketing strategies. He says that based on that experience, every day he is reminded that success should not be taken for granted.
0: Yeah, but his, uh, this ability to adapt and change and transform his design's aesthetics seems to be the exact reason why he has been so consistently successful and sought-after designer.
1: And I think this is a huge coaching moment for anyone that is new to the industry or trying to pick their next major evening gown that you have to keep up with the trends because they do change so quickly. And remember, um, right around like 2011, everyone was doing metallics yeah. or fully beaded, liquid beading, everything. Uh, if you look at like Miss USA's, Miss Universes of that time, Miss Americas, and then like in the early 2010s, it was simple clean red carpet like that was the trend so if you showed up in a fully beaded dress you were like called old school yeah so it's one of those things that if when we publish our best evening gown articles at the end of every at the beginning of every year I guess to recap the prior year that's a great opportunity for you to look and see what gowns were celebrated in the prior year so that you can kind of see the best of the best. And that can kind of lead you as far as your styling. I don't think you need to replicate what you're seeing on those, but at least pick up on, okay, is it pattern? Cause patterns were super hot two years ago, which you never would have worn, um, five years ago, like patterns were just like too casual for evening gown, but that's not the case. So things are constantly changing and evolving. It seems like we're going back to fully beaded, fully embellished. Um, so. Keep your eyes on the prize and make sure you're looking at different systems, especially who's winning in your system and in what, um, so that you know what you should be advocating for yourself or when you're shopping.
0: Yeah, very good. Okay, so… When so many fashion designers demand that their client cater to their own vision of fashion, MacDougall he does not make clothing just to please himself. He believes that all women are beautiful, and he makes his clothing for them to wear because he knows that once they try on his garments, they will believe it too. And as an interesting side note, you know he designs based on like his beliefs and his religion. Right, so it's like mm-hmm. that. His religion is like to serve other people, and so he doesn't have that egotistical approach um, to his design. So he's really serving with the end customer in mind. And mm-hmm. Mac, Mac isn't an advertiser with us by any means. A you know side plug, but uh, <laughs> we just like really love him and believe in him.
1: Yep, And eventually that MacDougall brand further elevated itself with the introduction of designer prom dresses and patent wear. And it was Max high fashion prom dresses that put him at the forefront of the emerging designer prom dress market. And prior to this prom gowns were frothy, be ribbon, satin dresses and pastel shades that look more appropriate for a little girl rather than a young lady.
0: It was the success of these first lines that won MacDougal the 1999 Diva Fashion Award for Designer of the Year in prom and pageantry. Just like, Diva Fashion Award in MacDougal. It just, (laughs) the two seem to contradict because he's just such, so humble and such an (laughs) approachable guy. But I mean, still, that's an amazing award to get. And once pageant girls began to see that his creations were unique and sophisticated enough for the pageant stage, there was no turning back. The MacDougall name became synonymous with pageantry.
1: In fact, over the years, MacDougall has been the official sponsor of dozens of national and international title holders, including Miss USA, Miss America, Miss World, Miss Earth, and Miss Universe.
0: MacDougal has created countless one-of-a-kind custom dresses for special clients to wear in their pageant competitions throughout his career. But one of his favorite creations was the gown that he made for Miss United States 2014, Elizabeth Seyfried, when she competed for the title of Miss World.
1: And that was even, fun fact, that was one of my first hit or miss articles that I did when I joined the team.
0: Oh my gosh. And another fun fact, I was the MC That's right. uh, when Elizabeth was crowned and she went off to Miss world and like Miss world made a special like unannounced appearance there at the Miss United States pageant. Mm-hmm. And this was the same pageant where I met Renata, my wife. Oh my
1: gosh. Look at that. Yeah. Elizabeth safer. Bring us all together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he- Anyway, initially, Elizabeth called upon Mac to supply her with a beautifully designed wardrobe to be worn throughout her month long journey at the Miss World Pageant in London. But she realized that she also needed for Mac to create a truly unique gown fit for the international stage. And she had worn white when she won the Miss United States crown. And she decided that she wanted to take her international look to the next level.
0: Mac's final design combined a vibrant, saturated, blood-red color and a mermaid silhouette that he felt highlighted Elizabeth's natural athletic build while accentuating her curves. The gown did not feature beading or embellishments, which was standard in pageant gowns that season, but instead it depended on a more sophisticated cut and simple couture styling. He christened the gown with La Rani, which translates the red the red queen in Mac's native tongue.
1: And this gown was knocked off by like everybody. Do you remember that Steven? (laughs) Like literally everyone did it. It was like the most popular gown. You're sending me texts.
0: You're like, Oh, here's somebody else that did it. Like, like sending me texts of it.
1: I know. I remember like two years later, I was still writing hit or misses about that gown and (laughs) I'm snoozing anyway, but it was gorgeous on Elizabeth. I mean, that really made a statement. It fit her beautifully. It was contoured for her body. Like, to the T, so it was definitely worth. And I, I think, um, well, we'll talk about how Elizabeth placed. But um, he was thrilled with that gown because he was able to take into consideration the style sensibilities of the Miss United States organization, as well as Elizabeth's vision for a unique gown that would embrace. Embraced the Miss World Foundation, and he made something that was modern and edgy while still making sure that his client was completely unforgettable as she walked the pageant stage.
0: As billions of viewers watched, Miss United States Elizabeth Seyfried was crowned second runner up. And Miss World Americas, and the winner of the Multimedia Challenge. This dedication to making his clients not only look incredible but feel incredible are precisely why so many women are devoted to the MacDougal line. And year after year, MacDougal seems to gain even more fans and conquer more new territory. And a fun side fact, too, we helped Elizabeth win her Multimedia Challenge because like, we really got behind her with Pageant Planet and really, like, and help push her so that we were one of the things that helped her
1: nice look at us go well and for example like he has a whole new legion of fans due to the success of his fabulous two s's line for plus size women and he offers some of the exact same gowns and dresses in that line that he offers in his other lines which is very different than a lot of designers most designers create completely different designs for their plus-size clients, but Mac knows that his plus-size ladies want the exact same choices that their straight-size counterparts receive.
0: Yeah, Mac also understands that not all plus-size gals have the same body type just because they might happen to be, you know, plus-size. This is something that so many fashion designers just don't seem to understand. And to account for the diversity of his plus-size clients, he offers dresses, jumpsuits, and formal gowns in a wide variety of cuts and styles so that every woman can find something perfect. Purpose- Uh, perfect for her individual shape
1: and this is another great coaching moment for those that are shopping we are in a time in pageantry where not one silhouette neckline color constantly wins so you have the ability to make choices that fit your body type so if you are pear shape apple shape hourglass shape Talk with a pageant coach. Talk with a retailer. Look and see what women are wearing that look like your body, because you don't have to wear what last year's queen wore. Or to Max' great point, not all women in the plus size sphere are the same shape. Just because they're considered plus size, and the same with straight size contestants, like it is totally different. So you you'll want to, especially if you're new to pageantry. Try on literally every silhouette and shape you can find, because that's how you're going to really know what you feel comfortable in and accentuates your favorite features.
0: Yeah. And if you are a plus size contestant, I would highly recommend that you do shop MacDougall. And the reason is like most designers don't do what he's doing because it's expensive to do. So it's easier to do, uh, I think the standard size and the most common size right now is a 14 throughout America. Last time I heard, I think it was that. Mm -hmm. Um, so it would be easier to do that size because you do one size and then you do a whole run uh, and you just, you pump out volume. And right now the manufacturers, um, the ones that created in China and India, et cetera, they are looking for volume and they are forcing like American, um, manufacturers like, uh, Sherry Hill, et cetera. Um, they're forcing them to order more. And so for them to, for Mac to do what he's doing and to take so many, um, body types into account is not normal because the risk is higher. Um, and the profit margins overall are lower because not only are you having to design a dress that, um, a plus size contestant likes, aesthetically but then you also have to um, design it in a way that really meets her body type so it is a tremendous risk and because he's taking that risk on you my request is that again he's not an advertiser but my request is that you then give him first dibs because he's the one that really helped pioneer going after this market and just creating this whole division for you so
1: yeah exactly and i i love it i love that we said it before too like I remember getting prom magazines way back in the day, like a lot of plus size variations were like modest and like full coverage sleeves. And the, the, the breast area was like fully covered and it was so different. And the fact that he's able to make his most celebrated designs and plus size in a way that look amazing on all women, yeah, it just shows that he's spent a ton of time and energy to get it right. And that's the dedication that any woman should feel when they're purchasing a gown.
0: Yeah. Love that.
1: Cool. So um, Mac tries to keep up with trends while still offering classic clothing, and to make certain that his fashion house stays in touch with what today's woman wants, he encouraged his daughter, Aina, to launch her own designer label under the MacDougal fashion brand, which, Stephen, you teased out already.
0: (laughs) From a young age, Aina would follow her her father, Mac, around at work and enthralled by his creations. She would spend endless hours going through the MacDougall's catalogs and magazines and daydream about wearing all the beautiful garments. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a playground for, I mean, it's like a dreamland for a girl. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. As she got older, her dream shifted from simply wearing the gowns to actually creating them. And we are so glad that she did.
1: Yeah. And Aina's first collection debuted in 2015 and was designed for every woman and every occasion. She loves seeing the spectrum from youthful girls to refined women wearing her designs and traveling and seeing new places and cultures often inspires those designs.
0: Mm-hmm. To her, choosing which fabrics, colors, and textures to use in executing her designs is equally as rewarding as viewing the final product. One philosophy she lives by is to embrace change. While her creations stay true to MacDougall's standards for quality and luxury, Aina's designs have signature all of her own. A mesmerizing brand of edgy modernism and classic sophistication and grace.
1: And despite the stress of running a busy international company, Mac and his family stay rooted in their Indian heritage and Sikh traditions. And Mac proudly says that both of his children enjoy Indian and American ways of life. In addition to being a designer herself, his daughter Aina has a bachelor's degree in Indian classical music and has put out an Indian CD. And Mac says that, it was his own mother who once had a career as a singer that encouraged his daughter to sing.
0: Wow. And Mac's son, um, Yorvi, is studying to be an entrepreneur and has his bachelor's in tabla, an Indian style of drumming. And he's also trained in the saxophone, guitar and piano. And recently he joined the fashion house of MacDougall. So who knows? There might be another fashion line in the future or another CEO.
1: And Max says that he and his wife, Bubbly, are so proud when they see him that both Aina and Yuvrav are living according to the values that their parents instilled in them, and they are equally proud of the caring and generous people that their children have become. And to Yuvraj, I'm sorry if we've been butchering your name. We've yeah. been trying. And I think we've said it differently every time. And
0: you know what? I've met him before, too, and I feel I feel horrible. Like, um, But yeah, he is just like Mac in the same sweet and kind of humble demeanor and uh, he's just so he'll forgive us for yeah saying. I think so yeah okay good, yeah, he, okay, good. He, they'll probably be honored and probably even maybe even a little embarrassed that we're doing this because like they're so humble right like th- when they're on the spotlight they're like okay thanks and you know next um because they just yeah they're just loving and giving people but um in two thousand. After Hurricane Katrina, both his children were so troubled at the suffering that they saw that they spearheaded a fundraiser to raise money for the victims. Then in 2010, his son saw tremendous um, damage that Hurricane Richard had done to Belize, uh, Belize Zoo and collected money to donate to the zoo's Jaguar Rehabilitation Center. Later on, he was awarded a Distinguished Service Award for that feat.
1: And Max says that it was through another national tragedy that he learned something significant about himself. And although he lived in the US and did his business here and had his children here, he says that he always had this constant longing to go back to India because he felt very Indian. And this is the point of the story where I get goosebumps. And he said the day he really felt American was on September 11th, 2001.
0: Mm. He recalls that um, as he shook in fear with the whole country, that he felt truly like my country was being attacked and that he was in pain. That was the day that he realized that not only was he a part of America, but America was also part of him.
1: And since that day, Mac has developed an intensely patriotic view, and this is how he explains it. America is a very unique country, and the whole world looks up to it. America is a magnet. It attracts people from the poorest countries to the richest. The reason being is that a lot of the time in other countries, you do things because of social pressure to impress your friends or to make your parents happy.
0: He continues, this country creates a desire in you to bring out the best in yourself. In America, you don't have to follow a set path. Look at me. I went to engineering school. No one in our family had ever owned their own business but I got this opportunity here and I became a successful entrepreneur. I came to America with nothing. How could I, um, how could I even have thought of reaching such heights? I really believe that if it can happen to me it, it can happen to anyone, you can dream anywhere, but you can definitely achieve it and realize your dreams here in the United States.
1: And in June of 2017 in Washington, D.C., the exhibit, Many Voices, One Nation, opened at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, and MacDougall was actually honored to be included in this exhibit. And the purpose of the exhibit is to share the personal stories of significant immigrants to America to inspire visitors to think about the country's history of diverse and evolving cultures in new
0: ways. The Smithsonian stated that it was MacDougall's experience in meeting challenges, taking risks, and entrepreneurial success in his adopted homeland that led to his journey being included in the new exhibit. Starting with little money and just 10 dresses, MacDougall has transformed into a multi-million dollar empire and is recognized in over 32 countries all over the world.
1: And when discussing the topic of success, MacDougal has been quoted as saying, My observations are that people that succeed in life are fearless and believe in themselves in spite of the odds. I learned this from my father, who often quoted that saying that impossible is in the dictionary of fools. And thank you to Julia Stone for today's research and putting the podcast together.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. And it might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep this show going. Until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.